You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Brett. And I'm Steven. And we are the The Broadway Broadway Husbands. Husbands. We're just your all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands. We are proud to be members of the Broadway Podcast Network. If you have not checked out BPN and all of the beautiful array of podcasts they have, including uh, a podcast featuring our guest today, uh, go to bpn.fm forward slash husbands to check it out. All right, I'm super excited to have our guest here because I've known I have a long history with this guest. <laughs> um, our friend Carlos Insinius is coming on. Carlos, welcome to welcome to the podcast. The podcast. Hi guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Um, for anyone listening who doesn't know you, uh, tell a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, I've been in New York City for about 20 years. I moved here to be an actor and have had a, a you know a very nice career on on and off Broadway for about a decade. And then I kind of got into a little bit of directing and choreographing and kind of fell back in love with writing. And then I also had children. (laughs) My husband and I have been together for about 16 years. um, And we're currently pandemic parenting, which is kind of um, hellacious. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we started a family um, almost 10 years ago. And that's so I kind of just juggling acting when I can, directing when I can, and writing for my sanity, and <laughs> trying to digest all the shit that's going on in the world. So <laughs> that's pretty much, um, I think that's it. And we know each other through lots of mutual friends. And we did yeah. Next to Normal together. Oh my God, that's right. That that's ironic right, did. festival. <laughs> that's uh-huh. right. That um, seems like a million years ago. It does seem like a million years ago. <laughs> I remember when you got your house in Astoria, and I remember when you had your first child. Because mm-hmm. we were, I think, living, I was living with Scotty B out in Astoria, and Margo uh, and Scotty were best friends, and she was living downstairs. Yeah, she was living upstairs from us. Upstairs yeah. from you. Um, so t- does your husband, what does he do? He he was an actor like years ago, and now he's um, 
marketing communications vice president chief. I don't know. It's it's a it's got a lot of titles. <laughs> he's a, he's he's the stable one of our family. So we're grateful for him in many regards. Well, and I think that you you I, what I remember at that time was how impressed I were with your decision to invest in buying real estate in Astoria Queens because now I'm sure the appreciation of those homes yeah. um, is because Astoria, when we lived there, was super affordable. And even now, if we wanted to try to rent there, I was like, this is so expensive yeah. just to rent. Yeah. Yeah, I was so impressed by that decision and then also super inspired to see you become fathers because that's oh, thank something you. That we always wanted to do. What was your um, journey to becoming, uh, to growing your family? How did you go about it? Um, well, the short... The short of it is like when, when Joe and I started dating, we, um, I was kind of like a year in, I was like, I have to have kids. And he was like, I didn't think I would have kids. Cause we're eight, we're sort of gays of a certain age where you didn't, you didn't see anybody. You didn't see same sex couples. There was nothing in the media. So anyway, the long story short of that was he finally came around and we tried different avenues. We thought we would sort of foster to adopt. When I was doing Mamma Mia, there was a, um, a castmate who had adopted his son through the foster care system. So we actually tried that and went through like this 30 hour training and which was really eye opening. Um, and we had a child for two months. It was a, it was a long sorted, complicated story, but mm -hmm. that didn't work out. And that was super, super heartbreaking. And, um, um, so one, we just decided, you know, to try to adopt and adoption is, is cheaper than surrogacy, but it's not, it's not like, you know, it's not cheap, but uh, you know, miraculously the money just sort of fell into place and um, our children were born and were came into our lives and the rest is her street. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have, we, we, now we have just this insane house with uh, currently two dogs, a cat who pees everywhere and two children who run, um, rabbit in the alley <laughs> so we're very grateful for a story because we have these like enclosed alleyways that's like this kind of perk we never imagined we'd use so much especially in the pandemic and nice. so your two kids are luca and marco correct? yes yes so um and luca's the oldest yeah luca's our oldest he's almost 10 wow. and marco's seven nice wow um how how is it teaching? So what grade what grades is that? Is that like fourth, fourth and, and second? second? Yeah. Wow. Fourth and, second. <laughs> and so are you like having to learn? Because don't they teach math like totally different oh, now? I mean, it's called you something. They call it something different. Like they they it's call like some, it they call it ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, they teach. I had to teach him division in a way that I didn't even understand. But you know, I'm, I obviously am a creative type, so like math was always such a hard thing for me. My oldest son, um, you know, he's he's very unique with his gender expression, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Um, and even his learning style is really non-traditional. So it's, it's, I hate homework, but I also have kind of like, I've literally relearned fractions and like division mm -hmm. and all these things. And it, and it is kind of cool to see his really creative brain wrap have to deal with like this really rigid public school system, which is better than I thought it was going to be, but, but it's definitely catered to one type of learning and it's not for, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for y'all, but 
I, w- I was not that kind of learner. I was like a creative, conceptual learner. And, and so is my oldest son. And then my youngest son is like, oh, yeah, I'll sit there. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to the, to the lecture and I will regurgitate. It's, it's amazing to see how different, you know, learning styles and learning and brains um, soak up different things. So, Well, we're, I mean, we're here to talk about your, uh, this, this new podcast coming from the Houses of the Moon yeah. company. Talk about your involvement with Houses of the Moon and how this came about. So Houses of the Moon, um, a random Astoria connection. We met this these other gay dads who were looking into a Catholic school that we had our kids in. With this, who and that one of those gay dads is Jeffrey Solomon, who's the co-founder of Houses of the Moon. Um, and we kind of our kids sort of spent about three or four years together. And he Jeff quickly learned that my oldest son Luca um, was sort of very non-traditionally expressing his gender. And um, he, in, he he approached me really hesitantly to and said, you know, we're doing this night called Transformation for our theater company, House of the Moon. And I'm curious if you would want to talk about you and Joe's experience about parenting a non-conforming, you know, gender non-conforming child. And at first I was like, why would we want to do that? You know, because I just thought trans was like, you know, people who are transitioning um, for gender reaffirming surgeries and all these different things. And then I, um, long story short, he kind of helped me write, um, this, this story, which now has turned into this podcast, um, about our, really our kind of dealing with this thing. And, and the irony of, of the whole story is that you would assume two gay dads would be like, oh yeah, you, my son wears a dress. Cool. He wears heels. He might, you know, but it really was a, it was a, a huge journey for Joe and I. It was not, it, it was not, it was, frankly, it just wasn't easy to really understand or digest. And so through this, being part of this trans, uh, transformation night, um, I really sort of found my footing with how to deal with this. And we, you know, I talk about in the podcast, um, going from like our friend, Margot, who lived upstairs with her daughter, Juliet, Luca being obsessed with her and me, um, um, me always coming home to him being in a wig and heels. We went through a phase where we didn't allow him to like dress up as a girl because we just thought maybe this is, you know, maybe we're doing something wrong. Um, went from that to, you know, buying him wigs and makeup for his birthday. <laughs> uh, so it's really, the story is just really about us and our journey and figuring out how to support him. Yeah. What does it look like? How does it, how does a, how does gender different gender expression appear in an early what is the earliest like how did you notice or did like, you what even was notice happening? was it an evolution i mean you like, know that's the funny thing like it you definitely it was it was in him from the moment he could he had creative play there was you know where you'll see some kids gravi- gravitate to trucks and legos he gravitated towards towels and dish towels to like put on his head um he i mean he became very creative and we had you know because we live in this two-family house we had tenants upstairs who are our friends who had a daughter who was just a little bit younger than him so he had all these um girl play items and he was just obsessed with it you know he wanted to he wanted to live in that world. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. I, I often think to myself, if we hadn't have had this close relationship with a little girl basically living in our house, I wonder how 
that would have all played out. But I mean, we, like I said, we had this sort of month long ban on anything girly, which sounds insane now. Um, but, and he just found every dishcloth and piece of fabric and turned it into a skirt and got rubber bands and chip clips and had, you know, dish towels for hair. It was, <laughs> it was in him and it, and it, um, you, you realize that, that it's, it's something that they just, they want to express, you know, for whatever, mm. whatever that makes the end results, we don't really know at this point, but it definitely was an organic expression that he so what he do you would, think the biggest misperception is around that for people because uh, i would imagine that especially uh as a parent or even if you're sending your kid well now not during the pandemic but sending your kid to school um if they want to express their ex a different gender expression that people are going to assume they're gay people are going to assume they identify not as male but mm -hmm. you're you're calling luca him so clearly, Luca still identifies as a boy. What what, are, what do you think the mis, biggest misperception is around this kind of gender expression at this age? That's a great question. I think, well, I can only relate to it as myself. I think, you know, for me, being a gay man, it was either you're gay or you're straight. Like, there was no in-between, especially my age group. You know, I'm in my mm -hmm. 40s. Um, I think now things are with sex, sexual orientation and gender identity, I think now we're seeing that there's this, this huge um, field of, of expression and there's this, this scale of, of different ways of expression. And I think the big misconception is that somebody's either, you know, non-binary or they are transgender. I mean, uh, binary or, or transgender. And I think there's a huge spectrum in the middle. And I think Luca... And a lot of kids that I'm, I'm, I'm encountering, you know, I teach at a public, public performing arts school and teaching around the country to musical theater and theater kids, they, there's a lot of them that find sort of a home in theater. And I think that the big misconception is that it's not this or that. There's this huge middle ground. And I think that Luca, um, I mean, unfortunately, even though we live in New York City, he's still dealt with tons of bullying. I mean, to the point where like, he didn't want to go to school for three years. There was knockout, drag out fights just to get him in the door. And, you know, I think he was ashamed that he was getting made fun of. And uh, we didn't even find out until it was so bad that a kid reported it to his parent who then reported it to us. And that's kind of how we got clued in that this was really something that was, was a huge issue at school. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What, 
when you uh, had the the period of trying maybe to like not allow him to wear, you know, maybe put wigs on or wear girly things or play with girly things, was that purely out of protection or was that purely out of, you know, protection of like the instances that you were talking about of the bullying or was it more of like the unknown and trying to expand his horizons? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All of it, right? Yeah. I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but literally he was like two and a half or three when this little right. ban on girly stuff happened. Um, so he wasn't being bullied at that point, right. but I think it was mainly because we just weren't comfortable, you know, and we didn't, I don't know. I guess you just, when you parent you, there's this part of you that like thinks, I, I don't know. I don't There's this weird judgment, I think as gay parents that I, that I definitely from, from the moment I held a newborn, there was this weird judgment that, that was sort of passed on you because I don't know. I can only assume maybe it's because there's not a woman there or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't um, claim to, to know why I felt these judgments, but you know, they happen from family. They happen from not really friends, but just people in the community. So I think the, the thought that my son would be presenting as a girl, I, I think we internalized it as like, Oh my God, we're going to be judged. Like it's the gay people pushing their gay agenda on their son. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah, literally that totally that's what sense. it kind of, I had this aunt yeah. who I'm now, um, you know, completely estranged from my husband and I invited her to our wedding. And then it turned into this huge family fight that, you know, we were, we were wrapped up by the gay agenda and how could you do this? And you're ruining the family. And it was kind of like those sorts of voices kind of during that period, kind of we're just running through our head of like, oh my God, what are our parents going to say if our kid is transgender? How are they going to blame us? What did we do wrong? I, I know it sounds crazy, but... It doesn't. You know, it doesn't. We totally, okay. we totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound crazy because I think that, I think that people do, especially people in our community, uh, take for granted how open-minded our community yeah, is. We really do. And, um, and when you get into any like you know my family we're in texas now super conservative family and you know we're trying to have a baby and you know the conversations are very limited yeah (laughs) and i mean that the idea of like pushing your gayness onto your child you know like not not that you were doing that or like you were even worried about that but the way that looks in the expectations from others and I mean, I, I, that, yeah, I totally understand that. that yeah. It wasn't something I really like anticipated to feel, right. you know, yeah. it was a weird and, you know, a story is kind of old fashioned and, and traditional. Totally. And in the, in the podcast, I talk about going to the gym one day for yoga class and he was in the nursery and this, the gym teacher loved him and or not the gym teacher, the nursery teacher loved him. She let him paint her, his nails and I remember picking him up and like going white and just feeling like I was going to vomit because I knew we had to make this, this trek home eight blocks to our house walking from the gym. And I knew that we were going to like encounter the cast of characters that we always saw. And our, you know, we stick out like a sore thumb. We're two gay dudes with, um, you know, mixed race, <laughs> biracial adopted children and, you know, not to mention our pets. So we're like the big gay parade walking down the streets of Astoria. <laughs> everybody knows us. And I just knew that there was, I was so terrified of the, what everybody was going to think and 
and say. And um, yeah, it's just a crazy kind of judgment that you don't anticipate, but that definitely exists. I think even if I didn't have a, a child that was really, right. um, you know, expansive with his gender expression, I still think I would feel that judgment. Mm-hmm. So, so that so that kind of leads me to like to this next, you know, conversation, which is you know, how do you learn to have this vocabulary? Like you're 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 very careful about what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure you've learned that through through talking to other people or through reading or through, but, but to know, you know, to know, okay, that's just how they want to express their gender. That's not necessarily how they're identifying in, mm-hmm. in their gender. Um, how do you have that conversation take the pressure off of this fear of like, well, what is the decision going to be in the future? What, what do they want to do with their, with their identity in the future? How do you kind of move through that evolution? I think a lot of it is being educated and like, you know, once again, it all kind of hinges around this night of, of, of when I shared his story in this transformation evening, I saw parents of trans children, trans people, you know, I saw this huge rainbow of beautiful people who had dealt with so much hardship of, of coming to terms with their identity and, and parents coming to terms with their children's identity. And I just realized like, you know, I just have to be educated about this. And the biggest thing I took away from it is we don't know. So, you know, again, uh, I think a gay of a certain age, we want to put a label. I mean, I think society, we all want to put a label on somebody and something. And we just are kind of learning to, to let him sort of take our, let him lead us. Because I literally remember having a conversation with him and I said, hey, you know, we explained about pronouns. And I said, do you like, do you want us to call you? Cause there was a point where he said, I'm a girl. He, you know, there was a, a two years where it would be like every other day he'd be like, yeah, I'm a girl. And then the next day he would kind of be like, no, I'm a boy. Um, so we brought it up and I said, you know, some people feel like even though they're born as a, as a man or a woman that they will, they want to, they want people to refer to them as she, I said, would you ever want us to do that? And he goes, Oh no, 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 no. I lead, I need a little boy in my life every now and then. And then on another day, he goes, I know it. I'm a Shahi. <laughs> so he kind of he kind of created this like alternative gender identity, which was was really great. And it there there are sort of always these car rides where he'll kind of open up for five minutes and he'll sort of he'll uh sorry, he'll he'll kind of give you a window into what he needs, you know, into how he needs to you to support him or what to call him. And it's, it has really been a beautiful, beautiful journey. And, and, and it's made me really impassioned about providing more knowledge about this subject. And, you know, like I said, I'm kind of a wannabe writer and I've uh, created this little children's series about, about kids who just represent the gender spectrum, because that was another thing that we realized as parents you rarely see gay parents, but you never, and I, I, I have watched, unfortunately, thousands of children's television shows in my almost 10 years of parenting. <laughs> Get ready, boys. <laughs> we're ready. We're ready. We're ready. Some of it is painful. Yeah, I'm I've sure. I've watched thousands of hours of television. I've never seen one child represented 
other than a traditional boy or girl on thousands of hours of television. So I kind of, you know, in my, in one of the, my bucket list items is to create a children's show that represents all the spectrum, you know, of, 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 of gender expression, because I really think a lot of kids need it. Um, and you know, the weird thing is that we've kind of realized this, we don't know, he's almost in the closet now. I think he's in the next room, but he, you know, I can't get him now to wear a dress. I can't get him to put on a, a wig. Not that I'm like walking, running around the house, put on your right. wig. <laughs> but you know, for Halloween, Halloween is always a big, um, um, a, a lot of ang- anxiety for us as parents, because for up until the age of nine, he always wanted to have a female representing a uh, costume. And this year was the first year he didn't want to. And I, I was, it just kind of worried me because it made me think, you know, he's learned how to play the game of like, how to, how to be safe at school, how to not get shit, you know, how not to get made fun of. And, um, I almost want to return to the days of like him going as Hermione Granger to the, to the public school uh, costume parade. Um, Because, you know, even though that was so stressful for us, worrying that he was going to be made fun of, there was this like, you got this. And there was this, you know, this feeling of like him owning part of who he, he, he felt he was at that point. What what do you want a, a parent who's listening to this, who maybe uh, either knows of a kid at their school or has a kid who is who is secretly or outwardly desiring to express a different gender, what would you want them to know? I think I would want them to know that if you know if they to to speak to their children. Are you talking about like a kid, a parent of a kid, or? Like adjacent, a friend of a friend. I think, I, well, I, either way, <laughs> either I mean, way, I think yeah. either way, like, because I, I imagine, I'm just picturing us here in Texas, right? I imagine that there's a couple people who maybe know of a kid, either in their family or at school, who they're, you know, someone else's family, that that has that that impulse to express themselves differently than other boys or girls. What would you want them to know? Um, I think I would want them to know that it's okay to, to feel confused, to feel, you know, to not be okay with it at first, but to, um, to take their cues off of their children and to know that it's nothing, they didn't do anything wrong as a parent and the kid's not doing anything wrong as a child and to really learn how to, you know, to support the the child. Um, And then for, everybody who doesn't have a gender expansive or transgender child, you know, to have a conversation with your kid about it. I think that's the big missing element is that nobody we're talking about, I think our, especially the gay community um, is now talking about, you know, protecting and supporting our, our trans, you know, brothers and sisters. And, but I don't think that the, the average American is who has a child is having a conversation about, you know, Luca or whoever could be, uh, they, maybe they like to put on a dress and there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't make them anything. It doesn't make them a girl. It doesn't make them wrong. It, it, if they want to, you know, I just think that conversation, it's not in the consciousness of, of children, which sounds like, I guess that makes sense, but it doesn't because we're kind of getting into this new world of kids being able to be really to express themselves however they want, which 
at the end of the day seems so much healthier than shoving, you know, a bunch of pink stuff on a, on a girl and a bunch of trucks. And, you know, it just, it's so crazy. And in my, my youngest son, even who, who presents himself very, very traditionally as a boy wants, you know, a lot of boy things. It's so great to see the benefit that he has had by having a, a sort of a gender expansive brother because he'll play, he'll pick up a doll. He'll, he'll, he even would be like, yeah, I'll put on a dress for you if that's what you want me to do. <laughs> you know, he has such <laughs> luck. Yeah, I know. He has so little judgment about, about the whole thing. And it, and it, and it, it makes me like wish that, that more households just allowed the kids to, 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 you know, give them a bunch of toys, girl, boy toys. I mean, we have, we have the rule in our house. There are no girls toys. There are no boys toys. There's just toys. Just put a bunch of toys in front of them and let them see what they gravitate to. And, but again, it all comes down to the fear of a parent being like, oh no, you will be a boy or you will be a girl. And these are the things that you have to ascribe to as a boy or a girl. Uh, And so houses, the moon now has this podcast um, but they also is, is part part of their mission is to create spaces for these types of dialogue, right? So talk a little bit about what um, may, it, I don't know if this is a resource you, you know that people who don't maybe have a place to go to to talk about this is houses the moon a place where people can go, or are there other resources that you found helpful? That's a great question. <laughs> um, Houses of the Moon, what they generally do is they get an, uh, an, uh, a hot topic or an issue and they kind of go into the community and they find people, you know, whether it's gun violence they'll, um, or trans, trans um, you know, related topics, they'll find people living those experiences and they help to sort of develop these stories. So, you know, for me, example, for example, I'm um, parenting, you know, my son, Luca, and, um, uh, they kind of helped me develop this story to, to give voice and to sort of represent parents who are dealing with this sort of, um, this sort of the gender expansiveness. And there were also, like I said, parents who were dealing with children who, who were on, um, you know, hormones at nine or 10. So it was a whole different array of, of the, of the gender spectrum. But yeah, I don't. I know that P Flag, one of the on the on the um, on the podcast, Judy Sinesh, who is the I think she's the founder of P Flag. Her child is transgender, and she talked about her journey with um, with her son. And um, I know that that P Flag is now going into to schools and having conversations about not. You know, I think they used to their parents of parents supportive of 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 the LGBTQ plus community. And now they're having those conversations about gender with elementary school kids in, in New York city. And, um, so I know that PFLAG is a great resource for parents who kind of, who are dealing with, they have support groups for parents who are trying to navigate this whole, this whole journey. So I wish I had more. No, that's (laughs) great. Well, what we'll do is we'll link to your episode uh, in the show notes here. Great. And people can get access to not only Houses of the Moon, but also PFLAG and and all of those details. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then um, tell us more about where people can find you, your writing. You're so creative. You're, You're constantly in the creative 
space. I've always loved that about you. Um, Thank you. Where can people go to learn more about what you I do? I have a website. <laughs> uh, it's just carloselincinias.com and E-N-C-I-N-I-A-S. So I have a little bit of stuff up there. And I'm I'm like trying to um, to get the, the writing thing going a little bit more. Like I said, I really, I, I want to create or co-create um, some kind of children's entertainment with with these, you know, p- kids who represent my my children and, and other. You should children. um, we should talk because my friend Alex. Do you know Alexandra Billings? Mm-mm. She's a trans actress. Um, we did Wicked together. She's she was on Transparency. Oh, okay. Um, she's a dear friend, and it's a big part of her mission is to create more space for queer conversations, especially for young people. Yeah. Um, so we should connect you yeah i would love to because because honestly we a lot of our work goes into like adults you know educating our families when you already come out or people who Mm -hmm. have to transition Mm -hmm. but uh i mean the next frontier is really trying to open up the young little kids brains in a safe way that feels appropriate for their age obviously i just Um, want to say we watched okay we watched real time with bill maher yeah with um (laughs) what don't don't hate us but um no why would i hate you well (laughs) some people on the podcast listeners what what was um oh megan kelly megan kelly was on last week she's she's rich (laughs) piece of work um and she was talking about her kids in new york city and how they were and and listen it's coming from her point of view and she was trying that they were they brought some people in to talk about gender identity to you know these eight-year-olds yeah to educate and kind of open their minds Mm -hmm. like what you were kind of talking about and we actually have no idea what kind of education they were being taught or what was happening but the way she said it was that you know basically because of this she decided to take her kids out of school and um because she didn't like the fact that her kids her kids started to question their own own sexual identity identity or gender identity yeah and gender sorry they and so she pulled them out of school, but she was saying these people were coming in and saying, "I'm very curious to know what the edu- like what the program was that was going into this quote unquote public school that she was going to." But you're right; there needs to be a conversation, but there also needs to be. Uh, I think I think it it needs to it especially if we're going to leave urban areas and go into suburban worlds, mm-hmm. like there needs to be a gentle way of doing it that. Um, yeah. I mean, I my think... guess is there was nothing provocative about this, the conversation except for the conversation itself, because I right. swear to God, I have never seen more people triggered by a boy wearing a dress or we were at Costco once. And this mother my you know, Luca was looking at Halloween costumes, a dress. This mother like grabbed her son and she was like, she just looked at us like we were these freaks. I mean, wow. my, and he was like six years old. It just... And and because the, the little boy was like, oh look, he he likes to dress. I think people are so terrified. They really are terrified of their kids. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you know they think if they're if they're exposed to it, that that it's you know. I think it's the same thing people thought about gay people. You know, like right. don't 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 let your kids play with the, those gay people. They'll they'll corrupt you. It's mm-hmm. it's this sort of short sightedness of thinking that that it's a that's some sort of sort of choice and not realizing it's this organic feeling that mm-hmm. comes out of people, whether it's gender identity or sexual identity, mm-hmm. you know, it's oh, crazy. I think that's so important to hear. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you, Carlos. So thank we're going to move on to a segment that we call spotlight on love. 
Now, this is an interesting uh, anonymous writer who wrote in, and his question is, recently I relocated to LA because of the pandemic. I'm single and loving it, but I'm still looking for a serious relationship. Recently, I met someone who is a celebrity and we really connected, but while he says he wants a serious relationship, he isn't showing it. We literally go to his house after a full day of work for him, sit on his couch and fall asleep. <laughs> it doesn't feel like dating. What should I do? I want a real relationship, but I'm afraid if I ask for more, we won't even be friends. Hmm. I say you got to just ask for what you want. If he can't give it to you, you got to move on because he's eventually going to disappoint you. (laughs) (laughs) If he's not giving it what you want now, he's not going to change. You can't change your man. You can train your man, but you can't change your man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's Brad and I. We keep trying to train each other to do various things, and we're always just not. I got you to record this podcast, didn't I? Well, I got you. (laughs) Now if I can only get you to throw your contacts out in the garbage. (laughs) Don't get me started. You're so right. Like I think that I always say you can't hold out for potential. Like What you see is what you get. Right. if they're not, if you're like a few weeks into this and you're already falling asleep on the couch watching TV, that's a no. That's yeah. a no for me. You should be awake, like getting people. You know, believe people when they show you who they are. Yeah, kinda, the first time. But I get it. Like you're yeah. young, and we remember when we were young and we were single, and we just like. <laughs> you and then you meet somebody who's kind of like you're on paper a celebrity somebody who you know maybe publicly and you think wow this would be such a great partnership but then that person's not prioritizing you right how do you let go of that vision of what because also like you're new to a place and this person could connect you to a Mm -hmm. whole plethora of so you want to like make it work yeah yeah, but do you want a business partner or a lover? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so how do you have a conversation? How would you have a conversation with somebody to say, listen, I don't think this is going to work out romantically, but we let's be friends. I mean, the person sounds like they're just operating under a lot of fear. You know what I mean? Because mm. to your point, like, just say what you want. And maybe, you know, the, the weird thing is he's, he's not saying what he wants because he, he's afraid they won't even be friends. So I say, you know, just trust your, trust what you want, own what you want, because maybe the person will surprise you. I don't know. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, good. That's actually that's really, really good. good. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, you know, early on in our relationship when, <laughs> when we, I, I always joke is the first like time we had like a conversation where Brett came to me and was like, listen, we need to have a talk. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to break out with me. And like, he literally, you know, had like a list of things that, not a list, like two things. Sorry, I didn't mean to be. I, he just, listen, I had a list too. I'm sorry, Stephen. <laughs> no, no, no. He just, yeah, you know, he just, it was our first conversation of like, hey, I'd really appreciate it. Like this is happening and I'd really appreciate it if like maybe this didn't happen and maybe you made the effort to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um and I and I'm a person that listens and like does things, you know what I mean? Like when they hear yeah. that that things aren't being met or I'm not doing things to meet their expectations. Um, 
So yeah, maybe it is as simple as that. Like ask for what you want and then see. And then if you still don't get it, then move on. Totally. I mean, yeah. and I, I mentioned that happened with my husband. I, if I had never said, look, I, I want to have kids, we've never had the conversation and we probably, you know, but I'm, I'm too, I got, I had my list too. I had my list on the first date. <laughs> he even told me, he was like, we had the most amazing date. And then you just were like, I do this. I don't do this. Um, I'm, I'm into this, but I won't do that. <laughs> you know, I, I think I had also good. been dating for like a while and I was just like, I'm not gonna, I can't waste time anymore. I yeah. knew I wanted a family. I mean, I was probably a little too uptight too, but yes, speak up for what you want. And then maybe the person will surprise you. Like, I love that. You know, I love that. Yeah. Like my, yeah. my honey did. He, he helped me have some babies. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. Oh, I'm so glad we got to have you on Same. to talk about all yeah. of this and to it connect awesome. with you after all these years. Absolutely. And good luck to you guys on your, on your journey of, of babies. Are you, are you, um, is it okay? Can I ask you how, what avenue you're, you're, um, um, what do you call it? <laughs> Trying to have your children own, through? Yeah, your own. Family yeah. building? Yeah. Yes. We chose, we chose to go down the path of surrogacy and awesome. we chose that almost four years ago. Wow. So we've been working on this for a while because, because as you know, in it's our, expensive. it's expensive yeah. and in our industry, we don't always make the most steady amount yeah. of money. And, and we're, getting closer and closer and closer Yay. yeah it's hopefully this year <laughs> well listen just be grateful you don't have children during a pandemic <laughs> i if somebody had said to me if somebody had played this video of pandemic parent to me parenting to me i may have changed my mind <laughs> it I is really i've never that. had i've never been so challenged in my life i mean we're all dealing with so much but having the the kid element and not having like your creative quiet space has been really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. My therapist yeah. is very, uh, very used. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, being in Texas and I have three brothers, two of which have kids and um, in Texas, it's like what pandemic yeah, like the right? kids are back. They're back to school, and you know it's been a, it's been a, it's like the opposite. It's like New York is being like from New York so is like cautious. the opposite. And here they're like, it's like the land. Don't of be cautious. Like, <laughs> Just, it's fine. I'm like if you're comfortable with it, I'm like comfortable. Like, we're what? safe. We're safe. You can come in our house. We're safe. And then you ask them what they've been doing. Like, bitch, you ain't safe. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to church and not wearing no, a mask. Taking the, taking the yeah. Eucharist. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, well, good luck, boys. Thanks for, you are, thanks thank for you. highlighting this story. I think it's an important conversation. Yeah, we do too. Yeah, thank you too. for being so honest and yeah. open with us. Yeah. And uh, for those of you listening, thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe. And it would really help us out if you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Don't forget to check out Broadway Life Apparel and our new designs that are released every month. And on this podcast, we encourage you to love who you love and love what you do.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.